Hey there, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Brooks. Join me as I sit down and chat with co-hosts, friends, and carefully curated guests and talk about all the things that empower you to become your best and most confident self. So let's get started. Hey, ladies. So today we are back with Amy Wineland Daughters, and Amy is an award-winning author and keynote speaker, and she believes in a world where what makes a difference is that we can connect each other and we can connect through us. Instead of finding the things that separate us, Amy is here to bring us together. And so, Amy, I would love for you to just share a little bit more about you and your story and kind of what brought you here in today's conversation. Great. And thank you so much for having me on, Rachel. I'm excited to be on your podcast. You know, I'm an author and I'm a sports writer. And so I was, you know, 2014, 15, I was kind of minding my own business and I was writing about the sports. And I was, you know, my first book was a couple of years from, I guess, a year from coming out. And I got on Facebook just like everyone else does. And a friend's name popped in my head from 1986. We had worked at a summer camp together in Trinity, Texas. And I was like, I wonder whatever happened to Dana. This was my loud friend. We were both very loud and we really connected. And so I typed her name in, Dana Rivera, and boom, she pops up. And so I'm like, oh, I'll friend her. Like no bigs, right? No big deal. So I friend her. She accepts my request. I'm not even sure if she remembers me. I have like four lucid memories of the whole interaction. And then I do what everyone else does. I go look at her page. I'm like, what's up with Dana? And so I realized she has five kids, four daughters and a younger son. And right away, I figure out that the son has cancer and he's at St. Jude in Memphis. So it's likely serious you know, business. So immediately, I, as a mom, as a woman, as a human being, I got connected to this story. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm asking for prayers. I was like, oh, I'd like to pray. So I just kind of followed along in the background, but I didn't say anything. I didn't interact with anybody. I just started following the story. So Parker went back home to Louisiana. I assumed he was in remission and so it kind of went off my radar. And then that next year in 2014, towards the end of the year, she posted and said, you know, Parker relapsed. We're going back to St. Jude. And again, I was like, you know, I felt kind of over-involved, but I was involved. And we all do this. We're involved from afar. We look at Facebook. Well, that next Monday, suddenly I'm a writer, like a bolt of lightning. I was like, I'll start writing them letters. Like literally came from nowhere. And I hadn't written a letter to anyone in 30 years. And I hadn't seen Dana in 30 years, nor spoken to her, nor had ever met Parker. So this was all, this was like level DEFCON five of craziness. And then we're going to go all the way up to one. So I start sending the two of them letters to the Ronald McDonald house in Memphis. And I just put her on my writing schedule. You know, I had Monday for Tuesday, Tuesday. She was my Sunday for Monday. And I'd write her letter. So this went on for six or seven weeks. And I just would write a card and say, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. Hi, Parker. I'm blah, blah, blah. And then in January of that next year, 2015, you know, Parker passes away at age 15. Really, there's no words for that. There's no words for me to frame that. And it had nothing at all, Rachel, to do with me. But I was like, so what do I do? You know, do so. And I was like, well, I'll just keep writing her letters. So then I stalked her husband's work address. I started sending the letters there. Condolence cards, letters. I write her for four months. And the whole time I'm thinking, you're nuts. You're crazy. She doesn't know you. She just lost her son. You know, this is DEFCON 4 of craziness. And then, boom, Dana writes me back. So I get a letter in my mailbox in Dayton, Ohio. And it's like the six page letter and it kicks off this pen pal relationship in 2000. I mean, we're in 2015, so this doesn't happen. And so we spent two years writing each other just exclusively through the U.S. mail. No texts, 
no phone calls. I didn't even have her cell number. And she starts sharing about her grief. I start sharing about everything, like Dear Diary instead of Dear Dana, looking at my life from the outside in. And we create this unbelievable trust that it made no sense. I didn't know what she believed. She didn't know what I believed. I didn't know what she, how she voted. She didn't know how I voted. Who cares? You know, and, but we trusted each other. And it was this very intimate, close relationship through the mail. And it was so powerful. And it affected me so profoundly that I sat back and I was like, man, if this can happen with this, you know, truly this one random girl from 30 years ago, what else is out there? So I was like, you know what? DEFCON 3 of nutsiness. I'm going to write all these people on Facebook a letter. So I literally bought stationery, shoved everyone's name in a box, and I just started pulling names out one by one. 18 months later, I wrote 580 handwritten letters. And I'll tell you what, it blew up my entire life. And I wrote a book about it. So that's why I'm here. Wow. Wow. Oh my gosh. Like, I'm almost like speechless because I, I'm just so engrossed in your story because you're carrying me along with you and I'm tearing up, you know, that all of the emotions that we're going through, this is truly fascinating. This is incredible. And, you know, you, you mentioned that you pray and I know that this is uh, much bigger and, and beyond, right? And it's, you know, just even before we hit record, we were just briefly chatting and and saying how, you know, this is really about connecting individuals on a human to human level. And, you know, I think it, we live in such a place where it is so instant and we're, we're removed from, you know, humanity through these screens, but we think that that's meant to bring us together and how much longing it feels like when you can actually receive a, a handwritten letter from a human that spent their quality time and poured their love into that. That is beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful. So I'm curious to know more of the story because <laughs> you've had such this amazing, incredible journey. 580 letters later, all the lives that have been reached through these 18 months. What's next? What happened from there? Well, from there, I got, I guess I was about halfway through maybe 300 letters in. And I was like, you know, this is so special. And I didn't intend to write a book. I did not intend it. And one of the parts that's magical for me, it was so non-intentional. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to change anyone's hearts. I didn't mean, and I didn't even really mean, and this sounds kind of bad, but I didn't mean to do a great thing. I was just doing what I felt led to do. Like I really felt, you know, called and everybody can frame that. And one of the things I learned from the letters is, you know, I am connected to a lot of people who don't believe the same things that I do. And that's good, you know? And so I, I, you know, I invite everyone to, you know, take my story and frame it into their own context. For me, that was God. And I was led to write a bunch of letters. And I just was like, la, 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 not trying to do anything. But it was so impactful for people. And it just over and over again, boom, 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 boom. My heart got blown up by the recipients of these letters. And it was so special. That was about 300 letters in. And I was like, I got I to gotta share the story. And that is 100% why I'm on your podcast, 100% why I wrote a speech about it in the book. Not to, yes, I'm like a small business person. Yes, I want to sell books. You know, yes, I want to talk about it. But it's so powerful because what I learned, Rachel, is that, and this sounds simple, but it, it's so true and it was reinforcing me over and over again. I reach out to you with nothing but goodwill on the line. You know, and you, like you said, a letter is so intentional and we can talk about that. And people get that the effort it took. And then you reach back out to me individually with nothing but goodwill on the line. Then all of a sudden, it's like the example of Dana and I kind of twisted. 
who cares what Rachel believes or Amy believes? Because if I do write you a letter, I'm like, oh, I have to figure out where you fit into my life. And then I have to look at you as a real person. Well, that, that all those differences, religion, culture, whatever, they just start, they still matter, but they just start to fade away. And what you've got left is this connection between two people. And there, my friends, is the hope we've been looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's, it's the connection and what happens in connection. We look beyond, we see that person for who they are. They're, they're a person just like you and I. We're a person who have gone through loss and grief and joy and laughter and happiness and ups and downs and triumphs and trials and all the things of life. But we get so colored by, you know, what we're supposed to see different or how they're different or why they don't agree with us. And, you know, honestly, this is like this podcast stands for too. It's about closing that gap and just hearing real stories of hope and inspiration and encouragement. And they're real people just like you and I that are also at a stage in their life going through something, seeking and longing for something more. That could be that connection to be, you know, understood or, you know, somebody who feels what they feel. And, you know, to your story with Dana, you know, this could have been, I'm sure that she felt so much healing through this as, as writing is such a form of therapy and, and so cathartic. And, you know, when you give people an opportunity to just connect and that sometimes is the stranger that they need to help them heal and move on in no matter what circumstance or situation they're in in their life. And that's a beautiful thing because I, I could really relate to Dana and just almost like that journaling aspect of it, but you had somebody on the other line who's answering you and it felt like somebody saw you and felt you. And that's the beauty of what humanity does. Right. You said that also beautifully. And I think that, you know, I didn't understand. There's so many facets of letter writing, but how you use the word cathartic. And that's what it it, it absolutely was. I know now me and Dana are best friends and we talk on the phone every morning, which is (laughs) awesome, you know, but, but was super, I know in speaking to her, it was cathartic to her because the way she described her side of it was, you know, here she is with four daughters and a husband who've also suffered this, you know, absolutely, you know, you can't put words on their loss, you know, but she said, you know, she would, if everyone else was having an okay day or they acted like they were, she didn't want to come rolling in and being like, I'm not going to make it. So she told me in the letters that she wasn't going to make it. And it was also non-intrusive because she'd have to letter writing. You don't worry about when the other person's going to read the letter because you don't know if or when that's ever going to happen. You just drop it in the blue box and go on about your business. So there's something so freeing about it. And then for me as the recipient of this like, what do you say to that? And that's one of the hard things about, you know, dealing with a friend or a loved one who has lost, ha- suffered a horrific loss. Like, there is nothing you can say. So I didn't feel pressure to respond to things that I didn't have words for because there aren't any. I could just continue to say I care. But she didn't know when I read all the deets. So she was never expecting me to respond to those individually. She just got him out. But but you're right. What's beautiful is it wasn't just journaling them. She knew that there was someone, we still write each other, which is hilarious, but there was somebody on the other end of the line that cared about her words. They cared enough to write back. They cared enough to write in the first place. And that's what was so, it's almost like an adrenaline rush to the letter writing is so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something, you know, is to that point, because as we go through certain things in life, it's almost like you could take those insides and pour them out onto a piece of paper 
And sometimes that uh, exercise, you know, like just pour it out and put it on there and crumple it up and burn it or throw it in the trash or whatever it is to kind of get it out there. But it was a way for her to heal and move on because slowly and steadily there was extraction of that and there was healing and there was that, that grieving process. And in doing so, just being as a receiver, you can really understand the importance of compassion and empathy. And that's something that if we actually were to able to see somebody in their own shoes and feel what they're going through, it up levels that humanity too with compassion and empathy because we feel so we get it. And even if we hadn't experienced it yet, we're reading that person's emotions, their heart in their paper. And, you know, I'm not saying like every letter I'm sure wasn't as, as deep and as meaningful, but that person took the time and when you write, and I'm sure that you, you understand like how the, the mind connects to like the emotions and the emotions through movement is a form of like excretion of energy. So that pent up feeling of whether it's positive or negative, you're letting it flow and you just feel as the writer so free after. Cause it's like this dump you get to, to move forward. Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing, you know, on my side of the Dane and I letters, especially, is that people ask me all the time, so what did you say? And I ended up saying everything. And that is cathartic in itself because all of a sudden I was looking, because I was writing it down just in order to find something to say to her, it puts my life in order every time I write her. And it is not just, it is I write it down. Now that it's Dana and I know she cares about me, it makes it a thousand times more powerful. But over and over again, I'll write her something, like a, some, an issue I'm having with my spouse or a coworker or a kid or whatever. And when I write it down and analyze it that way, all of a sudden I have a new perspective on it. And it's super powerful just within yourself to do that, you know, and not even, you know, taking into account how it affects the reader, the potential target. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. And so you, you, you've done this for how many years now? Cause you've written 580 letters, 18 right. months. That took you, 18 months. And yeah. you started this when? I started the letter writing in, I think it was April of 2016. No, it was like June of 2000. I finished in April of 2017, or it was a year and a half. So I stopped. So the letter writing stopped. And it was hilarious because at the end, people were sending me Facebook requests. But at the beginning, no one knew about the letters and I was all under the radar. But towards the end, everybody was like, when is it coming? You know, it made addresses easier to get to at the end. But at the end, I had to be like, okay, we're it's, oh, I got to cut you all off right here. Now I have more Facebook friends. I do make a regular practice every morning of sending a birthday card or a note in the mail because it just has such an, and not just a positive impact on the person who's receiving it, but it just makes your grateful meter first go off the charts and just the act of doing that. And it literally takes me 15 to 20 minutes every morning. And it costs me about two or three stamps. And it's one of the, the best well-being like mental health things I've ever done for myself. Again, totally non-intentionally. You know, I was just another skinny hot girl trying to stay married over here. I wasn't trying to do anything great. But it's a practice though that I want to share with people now because I think that once you start to do it, you see the benefit not only to the recipient, to yourself, yeah, but to yourself. Right. And then all this inspired you to then go write your book, right? right. Is that okay? Right. And And so... Tell us more about the book and, you know, the journey that kind of led, you know, impromptu personal pen pals to a book that is now also inspiring others to, you know, to what, you know, follow through or similar to your journey, inspired by your journey. Right. No, exactly. In the book, like I said, I got about 
300 letters in, I was like, I have a special story. I need to share it. And so the day after I wrote the final letter, letter 580, I sat down and wrote the first three chapters of the book. And the book is called Dear Dana. That time I went crazy and wrote all 580 of my Facebook friends a letter. You know, the longest subtitle in publishing history. I can't believe they let me stick with that. <laughs> but the letter, the letter takes Dana and I's story. That's the first part of the, and it, it, you know, the whole story I told you in more depth. And it includes letters from Dana and, you know, me back and forth. And that's super hard to read. It's funny. It's harder to read as time goes on than it was when I wrote it, having Dana's words. Then it curves to where it features about 50 of the letters, really short chapters between me and the Facebook people and just lessons I learned along the way. And then it weaves Dana into that. And then Dana and I end up meeting in person. That's in the book, you know. And so then I write the book. And it's all done. And I knew that I went, you know, I worked with an editor. I got it all kind of cleaned up. And I was like, okay, before I try to get it published, I got to let Dana and her husband, Jim, read it. And that was super difficult because, you know, I'm, this is somebody who I, you know, loved her while I was writing her letters, but now I know her in person, which is a whole different deal. And so it was excruciating to let her read it because I knew it was going to be painful to read. It was going to hurt. So she read it. And I sent it with like a red pen. I was like, whatever you want to do, let's decide what we're going to do with it. And she was like, don't change anything. Let's do it. And so the book, I get a book deal. It gets published. And it was like uncharted weather. So I was like, what do you want to do? And she's like, I was like, I'm going to do a book tour. She's like, I want to go. So we went on a 17-stop book tour together and shared the story together. And it was beautiful. And as you said, the book continues every day. I think I get something from someone that tells me they wrote somebody a letter or the book inspired to do this or a story inspired to do that. So it is like a ripple effect that goes beyond the letters that I know I can't imagine how many people it's touched the story, you know, the story of Dana, the story of Parker, the story of the letters. There's a lot of layers to it. And then, you know, so that was the, the book is still a journey. It's been out for a year and a half. That's incredible. And, you know, you're, you're putting it all like really what set it out as just an idea was set in motion and the intention behind it became more clear as you realized the impact it was making in the lives of others. And so I'm curious, you know, what's next for you in the letter writing and, and the books and what's kind of come up from it? You know, all this awesome stuff that is kind of like you mentioned, it blew you up. What's next? Well, next, you know, I, somebody contacted me who works with speakers, keynote speakers, and they were like, this is a great topic to go and present to groups, events, organizations. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I would have never thought that. And I like to speak. So I worked with like a speech guru and I'm just launching my, I've written a keynote speech about letter writing where we'll sit down, you know, I'll give a 30 minute talk about letter writing. Some of the stuff we've covered here, you know, kind of my story. And then I'll give them a three-step process and we'll write a letter during the speech together. You know, like they'll sit down and write a note or a card. Because the thing about letter writing, you don't have to write two pages to have the impact that a letter can have. You can write four sentences in a card from Target or you can do a postcard. And it has that, it has that same kind of impact. You don't, it's all about your personality because there's no rules. Like you can write seven pages or one paragraph. And I, I truly believe it can have the same it can have the equal impact. You know, it's it's about fitting it to your personality. But again, the whole point of the speech is to encourage people to write letters, just like the whole, like the book and like this appearance. Exactly. And so you're, you're able to kind of witness those internal shifts and changes as the individual, you know, writes their letters. So what, you know, when you talk about letter writing, it's, it's not necessarily from a place of like, 
just intimate connection, but it could just be of interest. And then you're building that trust and rapport with the individual on the other line. And so it's really unique up to that individual to like, you know, reciprocate kind of the things so that you feel that, you know, you kind of been paired with the right person as well. So I'm curious if you found any that, you know, say your intention is X and then you were being met with Y and you're like, wow, this is actually quite interesting because you don't, it's kind of like a blind, blind date. You don't know who's on that other line, right? Because you oh, absolutely, yeah. you personally with, don't know them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With the letter writing, I there was there was lots of twists and turns and lots of surprises, good ones. I you know the book chronicles one letter where it was a high school friend who we reconnected to the letters. I ended up her best friend tragically committed suicide. I ended up sending her a series of texts. You know, just from what I learned from Dana, I ended up personally meeting with her, and it did not go extraordinarily well that's chronicled in the book and it made me really and i got in a position where i was like i don't know if i can handle this and i got disappointed myself but the but the overwhelming takeaway was this is what real relationship looks like you know real relationship you know and that made me this all sounds so simple but it was so profoundly true i have to be careful with my words in the letters you know i have to be able to follow through and i have to realize there's limitations to me as a human being you know, and, and and those were big lessons. And then, you know, it was funny because I found out a lot of people's perceptions of me were different than I thought they were just from the replies in the letters. And that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, there was one girl I wrote who I'd worked at the same summer camp and she was one of those, she was super attractive and popular and, you know, like kind of the it girl. And I was like, not the it girl. And that's fine, you know? And so when I wrote her, I was like, oh my God, I've always been so like in awe of you. And I'm, we'd known each other since we were kids. And I was like, you know, I just kind of feel like I can't even believe we're friends because she was like, oh my God, you, and she wrote me back and said, I always thought you didn't like me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was intimidated for by her. And she thought that meant that I didn't like her. And I felt like that was totally life-changing because who knew? I would have never in a million years thought that. Right. Wow. That is an interesting point because, you know, it's almost like that impression in, you know, high school or middle school or, or whatever, it left an impression like, okay, people don't like me or, you know, I'm not good enough. Right. Because it kind of it dings on your self-worth, your perceived value of self-worth. And so now here you are all these years later and having that, the courage to vulnerably share how that individual had shaped your, your upbringing, right? So it also affected how you perceived yourself. And so having those conversations are really hard. So I get it. And I love what you're doing because you are just openly expressing with zero intention on the other side. If somebody replies, great. If they don't, great. But you know what? You set your heart free and like you share what was on your heart. So how, you know, of all those, uh, the people that you've connected with, you've shared some of the stories, but what were some of the feedback that you were getting in these letters of how it had changed their life, like them personally. Yeah. And that's the thing that Rachel, I just, I didn't have any clue. And I guess if you really, if I would have sat down and thought about it before, like this could be really impactful, but you mentioned this earlier in the episode, you said, you know, people are going to get that it took effort. And that that's the first part of it. 
you know, because if you want somebody to know they matter, and I think social media is such a great thing. I really do. I think it connects us in ways we couldn't be connected otherwise. But it does isolate us because we're not participating in one-on-one communication. So if you put something out there and you broadcast it and only 13 of your friends like it, then you feel isolated. You feel like people don't care, like you don't matter. You know, and it's really not a gauge of that. We all know that, I think, logically. But in our hearts, that's different. In our psyches, it's different. So, but when someone takes the effort and you, you get it, she sat down and she had to get the pen and the paper, and then she had to write it all down. And then I would say meaningful things only because that's a natural part of a letter writing process because I would go look at the person's page and I'd be like, oh my God, I can't believe you went to Duke or you went to Princeton or you're doing this podcast, like changing the world. Like, let's say I was writing you a letter. Let's say we were in high school together and now I'm writing this letter after 25 years. I was like, be like, Rachel, do you remember that time you like helped me when my grandmother died and you came over to my house and you listen to me cry and I broke up with my boyfriend or, or whatever. This, and so the first thing I would do is thank you for that. And then secondly, I'd be like, Rachel, you're totally killing it. You're doing this podcast, you know, to help women, to empower women and to give them confidence. Man, I'm so proud of you to be your friend. And a lot of times, Rachel, I would look at that profile and not even know what people had done with their lives because they were just going through a news feed. I didn't look at them individually. So you get this letter and you, you're like, oh my God, she had to go find a stamp and an envelope and she had to write it down and then she had to go mail it. And then she told me things about myself. Like she really is, she really is looking at me. She's seeing me for who I am. And you're going to be like, wow, you know? And so people were like, oh my God, wow. And so first of all, I got this flood of super, I had like 75%, 80% reply in some way. These super like, meaningful exchanges on the reply, like sharing all the stuff with me because they felt seen and heard. And, and then they felt like they were chosen, even though on the first paragraph of every letter I told about Dana Parker and said I was writing everyone. And they felt chosen and selected, even though I was really clear that it was everyone who was getting a letter. So they, one, they would reply and just a lot of people poured their hearts out, which became overwhelming to me because I couldn't keep up, you know. And two, you know, they would, you know, they would thank me. They would say stuff that, that I had done in their life. So there, my heart's blowing up again because it was stuff I didn't even know about because we don't, we don't know what we've done behind us for the most part, but we get glimpses. And then, you know, three, they were like, the timing of your letter was perfect, you know, and I was just drawing names out of a box. So I found that super fascinating. But the number one thing I got from people, the number one response I got was, I am going to save that letter for the rest of my life. I'm going to put it in a special place and I'm going to pull it back out. I had people tell me this over and over again. And I'm going to keep it forever because it meant that much to me. And I will tell you what I 100% believe. I'm a decent writer, but it had nothing to do with my writing. It, it did have something to do with me being intentional, looking at their profile and saying something meaningful because I had two pages to fill. And what else was I going to do? But I think it, it all comes down to when you do something intentional one-on-one in the culture of division and social media. There it is. That's why this, the letter writing, the meaningful note card letter writing is the secret sauce. Absolutely. And, you know, to that point, it's like, yeah, I guess I didn't even consider the time that to scroll through somebody's feed to put all the pieces together to see the puzzle of what makes that person unique in them. And that's what's so discouraging about social media is that we're only getting these bite-sized glimpses and pinhole 
glimpses and flashes. And it's like, we think we know somebody through the lens of what we're perceiving in our own fast, busy life that we're in this online space, screaming out to be visible, but yet feeling so unseen and unheard. And that's the disconnect. Right. And you just said it so beautifully, you know, and that leads to the assumption about us and about others. And then when I did the letter, so many people, like I look at some, and this is in the book, but there was a girl who like, she had professional photographs on yachts. I mean, seriously, I mean, she was beautiful and it looked like she was living all of the dream. And so my reaction was obviously like, oh my God, what am I doing wrong? Because I'm just a human being like everyone else. And then she wrote me back and she was like, oh my gosh, your letter came just as I was diagnosed with anxiety disorder. It's blowing up my marriage. I don't know what to do. And it's just like a friend. And she's like, your letter was like a friend reached out to me and said, you matter. And someone in this world cares. And Rachel, I didn't mean to do that. That needs to be stated over and over again. But that's the power we have. Because when I uncover, I congratulated people for stuff they accomplished. I offered support for struggles I knew nothing about. I thanked people. And the thing I got to do most of all over and over again was tell people that I loved them and then I valued them, whether we had been together 10 minutes or 10 years. And the person who walked away from this whole thing, the most changed was absolutely me. You know, if I could pick one part of my life where I could be that person over again, I would be the Amy Daughters that was writing letters, two letters a day, because that was the absolute best version of me. And that's why I want to tell the story. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It, it, and you know, it's, this is God through it all. Right? I think so too. We're just, yeah. I mean, the divine timing of pulling that one person's name out of the hat in the time that they needed to hear some hope. Right. 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 God uses people. God uses people. Right. You know, yeah. Amen. And we're, yep. we're just messengers here to deliver his word. And that's beautiful. It's like, you know, the, the connection again. So the, the intention was just, let's see what, where this goes. And and here you are. And so do you empower others to, you know, go after this and, and create letter writing for themselves or find a way that they can enhance their writing skills or, you know, have the courage to kind of share vulnerably some of those things? Do you offer any writing courses or classes for that? No, I haven't gotten, I th- we've discussed that. Like, you know, should I put together a little, because it wouldn't have to be long, a little leaflet, a little pamphlet on, you know, how to write letters. And maybe that's something I, I could do with my website because I'm just now you know, this is still under development, but that's, a, I would say the one thing I would share though, I think it's super important. The number one rule in letter card note writing is there's no rules. There's really no way to get this wrong. If you just do it, there's absolutely not one thing you can do wrong because if it's done in goodwill and love, then it's going to, it's going to have the impact that you hoped it would. And like I said, two sentences, 17 pages, a marker, a pen. And I, you know, and I, and I understand that I think it's down to one-on-one communication. I think the letter writing is next level. And I think if you can get yourself there or type it out and then sign it at the bottom, you know, I think it's more powerful than I could ever imagine. And it's going to do something to you, to your mental health, to your social, to your well-being that you, you can't understand until it's been done. Exactly. Because it really is life-changing. And, you know, for us, it's, it's a ripple effect that one the whole concept of like one random act of kindness, right, is spread throughout the world. You put a smile on somebody's face, that smile is transcending throughout. And so, you know, having those opportunities to really boost one's confidence and just through writing, because sometimes we don't re- recognize that writing is a is a form of therapy and it's a way for us to release some of those pent up emotions. 
And so I, I know for me personally, as a, I would say a writer. And when I got called to write my book, I, I scoffed at that idea. I said, who, me? Like, I'm not a writer. Like, I write dark, depressing poems or, or thoughts or things. Because that was a form for me. It was an escape. But I didn't realize that that sense of emotional connectivity to myself would translate into my writing skills. So as I was writing my book, and I didn't think I was even a mediocre writer. Like I thought I was just a, you know, rambler of words at best or something like that. And, you know, I share my story and it was so openly shared. And the feedback that I got from others, from the readers was that thank you for, you know, for sharing your story so vulnerably. I felt so seen. I felt so, you know, related to your story yet unique and different in my own. And so that really brought light to the power of our words, the power of our intention. And where is that coming from? It, it stems from our heart, right? I mean, why do we do what we do? It's, sometimes we hide again behind those the, the keyboards and we just blast stuff out. But if you actually sat down, would you really write those things? Would you really feel those things? And so it gives us pause in the moment. And I think that that's such an important moment to uh, reflect upon as well how it's shaping you as an individual and really, you know, bringing the lens of clarity and connectivity to others as well. So I love what you're doing. Absolutely. This is, this is a beautiful thing that you're, you're doing. Well, thank you very much. And that was very well said. And I think that what you said, you know, I'm not professionally trained as a writer either. I have a business degree, you know, and I, I, you know, I've spent quite a bit of time in my own head thinking, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I think we live in a world where we feel like we have to be in this arena, you know, and we have to have some kind of background in this arena to operate or to be legit. It's like the imposter syndrome, you know, and I think many women, as do I, I mean, suffer with some form of that. But, you know, letter writing is something that we all have within us. And that's proven just, you know, not even a generation ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, everyone was writing letters. And it's not because they were good at it. It's because it was the only way to communicate. So I really 100% believe that we all have this within us. And it doesn't, it's not about making it look right, spell, you, you're not supposed to spell every word right. And it's, you cross stuff out. And my man writes horrible. You know, ask Dana, it's awful, <laughs> you know, but that creates that vulnerability you're talking about. It's like, there's nothing more refreshing than figuring out that everyone else is as screwed up as you are. And that's, that's a component of letter writing. It really is because you're showing yourself, you know, you're showing yourself in a way that's different. And that's going to come across, not just to the other person, but back to what you said to you. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so I, I mean, we have talked at, at length about some of this amazing, awesome stuff that you've got going on. So how can our listeners learn more about what you're doing, how they can stay along or follow along even on your journey to, you know, the writings and the, the lives that you're transforming? So how could people connect with you? Well, you can go to my website, amydaughters.com, and there's a link there to, you can send me a message, you can email me, I'd love to hear from you. I've got a Facebook author page, Amy Wineland Daughters Author, and that's where, you know, some of my shenanigans, because I like to use social media as my platform for ridiculousness. So, but I mean, you can follow along on Instagram, Smoking Hot Amy S, but those links are on my website too, you know, and follow along with my journey. But I would love to chat about letter writing to engage with people, to hear people's stories. Because the other great thing about people, the feedback I've gotten from the book and the letter writing is I love it. People are doing it their own way. I have one lady, she was like 80, and she said she wrote a letter to everyone on her childhood street. Wow. And so it, it just, 
you can take it and run with it however you want to. And But I would love to hear your story. And if you want tips on letter writing, I will email them to you. All you have to do is just message me on Facebook or email me or message me, whatever. I'm, I'm here for it. Awesome. Yeah. So of course, all of that will be in our show notes. So be sure to click and follow along with Amy and just watch this beautiful work that she's doing in, in the lives of, it's, you know, empowering others and just inspiring them and giving them hope and encouragement throughout the difficult seasons or even the joyous ones and celebrating with them. It's such a, such a powerful thing when you feel like you have somebody in your corner. It really gets you and cares for you. So of course, this work is truly needed and you are just doing an incredibly beautiful job here. So I just want to thank you for spending this time and sharing pieces of your story with us. And hopefully we get to connect again and, and be a part of what you're doing. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on. I, you know, Dane and I both appreciate the opportunity, you know, to share this story. So thank you so much, Rachel. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey there. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Confident Woman Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening. 